Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Inside the Nudge Unit podcast. I'm Scott Young, joining you from Brooklyn, New York, where I help lead the Behavioral Insights team's private sector practice. And today I'm joined by the Managing Director of Bid Americas, Michael Hallsworth. Together, we're pleased to speak with Dr. Mark Friedberg and Rebecca Horan of the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts, who will discuss their experience starting up a nudge unit at Blue Cross Blue Shield, and also share some advice and lessons learned along the way. Let's start with a quick round of introductions. Can I begin with you, Mark? Yes, I'm delighted to be here. So my name is Mark Friedberg. I'm Senior Vice President of Performance Measurement and Improvement here at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts. I've been in this role for about three years. I'm a general internist by training, and for about a decade before joining Blue Cross, I was a health services researcher at the RAND Corporation, and that's where I became um, familiar with behavioral insights and their application to um, healthcare decision-making. In particular, um, I joined a research group uh, across a number of institutions that included RAND that did some nice randomized controlled trials of um, ways of getting uh, primary care clinicians to prescribe fewer inappropriate antibiotics for acute respiratory infections. And that worked out so well that I thought it would be a good idea to uh, go ahead and and bring those um, types of techniques to the health insurance industry. And I'm Rebecca Rann. I'm the director of the NUDGE unit. I've been in this role since the beginning of this year, so about nine months now. Um, And I've been interested in behavioral science really since the start of the field. Um, I originally got into it kind of more from a health policy angle where I was consulting state and local governments on how to apply behavioral science and programs and policies. Um, Most recently, I was at Ideas42, which is a behavioral science nonprofit. And I led a lot of the portfolio around value-based care. So really thinking through um, how to help health systems and other payers apply behavioral science um, and, you know, kind of iterating with them along the way. I'm very excited now to be kind of on the other side of the table, so to speak, um, and to be doing this work from within a payer um, and to be leading a lot of Blue Cross's efforts around how to apply behavioral insights. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Michael Hallsworth. I'm the Managing Director of the Behavioral Insights team in the Americas. I've been with the team pretty much since its creation about 12 years ago. I oversee our work in a variety of fields, but a lot of my work has focused on health and healthcare systems, and that's why it was an absolute pleasure to be working with uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts. Mark and perhaps Rebecca, I was curious how you framed the creation of a behavioral science or nudge unit to the organization? For example, how did you convince senior leadership to invest and to commit resources to an effort like this? A lot of the the preparatory work for standing up a nudge unit and gathering senior um, leader buy-in had to do with um, presenting evidence of the effectiveness of the application of behavioral insights in healthcare decision-making. So, you know, there's a fair amount that's been written um, in the research literature over the last 10 years um, concerning um, you know, everything from uh, improving medication adherence to smoking cessation uh, to um, uh, decision-making around prescribing um, medications unnecessarily or ordering uh, low-value imaging tests. Um, and all of these are things that really interest uh, the, the company as a whole. They're con- totally consistent with our goal of improving the quality and equity of care while uh, maintaining its affordability. 
my, my boss, the chief operating officer of our company, sort of thought, oh, this is, Mark, this is basically a, another discipline that we can bring into the fold uh, within the company that could really help us achieve our mission. And I said, that's exactly, you know, it's a good way of putting it. And um, it really is a methodological discipline. And we have many you know, methodological disciplines already within the company that we apply on a daily basis, you know, from um, uh, medical um and clinical knowledge to actuarial uh, knowledge to finance, legal. Um, now we're bringing in um, behavioral insights. I'd love to hear a little bit of the thought process behind selecting where to focus your efforts. And maybe you could speak a bit as well to some of the, the early wins as you got going. The first um, few projects the Nudge Unit took on had to do with communications to members, um, letters, emails, um, as well as uh, communications to uh, clinicians, where there was already an existing communication, let's say to encourage our members to um, have what's called a FIT test uh, for um, screening for colorectal cancer. It's a, it's a nice home test that, that you can do, and it's, um, you know, it has a ton of evidence for effectiveness. Um, we would send letters with FIT tests included in, 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 uh, enclosed in them uh, two members who, you know, at the end, by the end of the year, still hadn't gotten their annual colon cancer screening, and uh, watch a certain number of those come back. Um, the letters were in pretty good shape already. They'd already gone through um, plain language review and you know, many other rounds of um, review within the company. And we thought, well, maybe there's a way we can apply behavioral insights to these letters uh, to to make the response rate a little bit higher. And by that, I mean the number of um, completed um, screenings for colorectal cancer. And it turns out we were able to do that. Um, we, we know we were able to do that because we, we did a, an A version and the B version of the letter, the A version being the, the pre-existing one, B version being the one after application of some behavioral insights principles. And we got about a three percentage point increase in the completion rate of that important cancer screening. Um, that was uh, uh, you know, one of our, our earliest wins. We counted as a... Um, a win, really, no matter what the result is, even if it doesn't work very well, um, we still learn something. But we're especially happy when uh, we're able to make an improvement of a few percentage points that we really believe um, because we're able to randomize. Michael, I'd love to hear how similar or different the projects you've been working on with Blue Cross Blue Shield Massachusetts have been to those with other healthcare organizations. You know, is, is, are they essentially addressing very similar types of challenges and issues, or is there something very distinct going on here? What has been great, I think, is the combination of, of both. So with Blue Cross Blue Shield Massachusetts, um, we definitely have built on past successes around, for example, social norm feedback, uh, which has been shown to be effective, both in work that Mark has done and I have done around, say, reducing inappropriate prescribing. But also we could you know, branch out to, to new areas, uh, new applications, like, for example, uh, providing race, ethnicity, language data, which is really crucial to advancing equity goals and is, I know, a strategic priority for Blue Cross Blue, Blue, Cross Blue Shield Massachusetts. And so we could um, have that mix of old and new, really. And what was really great about the relationship is the way that uh, we could be brought in early and because there was that enthusiasm in the organization, they saw the opportunity and worked with um, the Nudge Unit, with Rebecca, with Mark, to say early on, this is how we could shape something. And that's much better than coming in later um, down the track when a lot of the, the decisions um, have been made. Um, and I have to say, uh, Rebecca, I'd be interested in your views on this. It's been great having you as well as, as somebody 
embedded in the organization who can really make the case internally and generate that enthusiasm. And I'd be interested to know what, what you've learned from your experience then and how, how you've done that, actually. Yeah, no, I think that that's a super important part. And, you know, I think, as Mark said, um, you know, we've been very lucky in that we've had just so much excitement from so many of the other teams around behavioral science. And that's actually something that sort of has surprised us is that, you know, we put on and bit has helped us with this, you know, capacity building trainings where we teach behavioral science to other teams. And I think sometimes, you know, I'm still surprised, right, when I see teams using checklists to improve their communications or saying, oh, BIT taught us, you know, this specific thing, and now we're applying it to other communications. So I think, you know, I'd say up front that, um, you know, it, it has been a really um, understanding environment. And I think, you know, it's been great how much support we have had. Um, you know, I think that being said, as you said, I think, um, you know, it is really important in order to overcome any internal skepticism um, to make sure that, you know, I am embedded. And so I've worked very hard since I started to build strong relationships with key organizational leaders. Um, and I think, you know, for me, as I mentioned in my introduction, I come from kind of a more research uh, based background. And I think, you know, one difference between being kind of in academia or just being in a research organization and being truly an applied behavioral science is that, you know, it's important to leaders to understand, you know, what is the value add. And so in addition to embedding myself, I think, you know, I've really tried to in conversations tie the nudge unit outcomes back to things, as Mark said, that the organization as a whole cares about um, and to stress, right, that, you know, nudging and behavioral science can really add to kind of the overall um, goals that we are working towards. Just to follow up a little bit further on that, I was wondering if any of you would, would have some lessons learned or key principles to share in terms of getting people engaged throughout the organization um, and or overcoming skepticism. One of the biggest places that you know people rightfully so have skepticism is um, that sometimes you know, these campaigns or efforts are already fairly um, resource intensive, right? Even before you bring behavioral insights in. And so I think trying to find opportunities where we can combine existing materials or capabilities um, with behavioral insights, I think has been a really important way um, to sort of overcome some of that skepticism and concerns to link um, kind of what we're doing as a unit back to things that, you know, matter to others across the organization. Uh, I would just add randomization is convincing. Um, that's not um, been a widely used technique um, within the company um, until recently. Uh, I think the nudging really led the way um, on that. Um, but it's um, it's hard to argue against a result from a randomized trial. So you got a three percentage point you know, boost in whatever behavior you wanted. How much does 3% matter? And, well, we have a lot of members, um, so it, it ends up affecting, in general, um, large numbers of members. Plus, of, uh, of the many things we do to try to improve quality of care, let's say, uh, this is a relatively cheap one. And we might invest a certain amount of resource in um, uh, uh, you know, rewriting a, 
a piece of uh, material for our members to um, get them to do something, you know, a, a desired behavior that's in their interest. Um, and uh, uh, you know, that, that A is um, not more expensive than many other things we have going on, such as nurses, you know, calling people to remind them to, um, you know, let's say, turn in those cancer screenings. Um, but B, once we've rewritten that letter, it's um, free. Um, from that point on, we can use it year after year after year. We've made the one-time investment, and unless we want to keep trying to improve it, we can bank that uh, three percentage point um, behavior increase um, basically indefinitely, which is a you know, really convincing ROI. And also, I think what what we've seen um, is a wider um, commitment or interest in looking at data and working out what's going on. Um, and I think almost but the behavioral science side of it has been a way in uh, to getting that wider uh, understanding. Um, you know, just the other day, um, you, you pointed out that, oh, we found out that there was a, a major you know, a problem that occurred temporarily in signing up for a particular service. And we only knew this because we'd been monitoring um, uptake. And then we could identify exactly what's happened. And we learned from from that 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 blip without the kind of monitoring or the awareness of data and the, the, the drive to improve, that might have gone unnoticed. And so I think there's a wider culture that can come about as well that is, is really valuable. Michael, is there anything you'd add maybe from your broader experience with organizations in terms of key success factors for setting up successful nudge units? I mean, I, I do think that the um, credibility of the internal champion is is really, really important. Um, having someone who can communicate uh, the the benefits um, can look both ways uh, in terms of the the science and the organizational priorities has you know the personal relationships as well. I, I think that is um, really important. And I think the other thing which we often don't talk about enough is is luck, frankly. Um, there is a certain amount of luck. you know um, when you're running um, trials, uh, you may have, uh, you know, an underpowered trial, you may just be unlucky that in this particular sample, you didn't see an effect. When in fact, there is one. Um, and if that happens in your first couple of um, uh, of interventions, you may not get off the ground. Um, so we tend to sort of <laughs> tell stories that, uh, about what made difference. But sometimes it is just um, chance that the right opportunity came along at the right time. And uh, that the results um went in a way that, that helped prove the point. Now that you've had a certain degree of success and, and, and established the, the unit internally, what are some of the, the, the challenges that you're facing today as you as you look to take the next steps forward? We're still doing a lot of the things that Mark just mentioned around buy-in, you know, just getting all parts of the organization on board um, you know, we're continuing to evaluate because I think that's been really important for us, not only as we've talked about to demonstrate the value of our work, but also to get other parts of the organization to become more data driven themselves. We've had a lot of early success with the nudge unit. And so I think now one of the second order challenges, which is a good one to have, is sort of outdoing our previous nudges and um, continuing to build upon the work um, that has been successful in the past, um, particularly projects such as the fit test. We now have to figure out, okay, where do we go from there? And can we move the needle even more on behavior change? That can be can be really challenging because sometimes behaviors aren't being changed for, you know, deeper fundamental reasons, right? Um, and, you know, this is something we 
see in a lot of behaviors where we implement intervention and we get kind of the movable middle, right? The people who were kind of on the fence maybe are the ones who respond to that first batch of the intervention. And now sometimes we're actually going after those people that are true holdouts um, and we need to be a little more creative in our techniques. And um, that's why we're so glad to have you know, the Behavioral Insights team helping us and being thought partners in that so that we can continue to push the envelope um, on some of these outcomes. obvious place that this leads to is, is uh, looking ahead. And, you know, again, you've certainly had a, a great track record so far. And I'm wondering, as you start to look ahead in the next three to five years, what you see as, as the path forward and some of the key objectives that you're looking to accomplish? The first one um, is really around continuing to sort of broaden our application of behavioral insights. And so, um, as Mark mentioned, in you know the early couple years of the nudge unit, a lot of our focus was on communications. Um, you know, and while you know we'll continue to do communications, um, there's a lot of larger um, you know systems and processes and digital experiences and products um, that have you know real behavioral nuggets in them, if you will, right? That um, we haven't really. Uh, touched as a nudge unit. Um, and I think that are really ripe for behavioral insights. And so I think, you know, I'm really excited to continue to build on our strategy and think about, you know, where are the kind of the next steps on some of these key topics and how do we move the needle and continue to achieve some of the core, you know, outcomes of the company. Um, I think the second thing I name is, you know, we now are getting to a point where we have done more testing and learning, right? And so we're starting to see themes. And, you know, one of my priorities when I came on was to set kind of a meaning, more meaningful strategy for our research agenda moving forward and to think about now that we've had these early learnings and early wins and even a couple backfires, where do we go from here? Um, and specifically, kind of what are some of the things we should work on, specifically around equity? Um, as Mark mentioned in describing his role, um, you know, equity is a very large focus for us um, at BCBSMA. Um, and we have, you know, made a public commitment, um, you know, and it's spoken on a lot of forums about that we're collecting race and ethnicity language data for our members. Um, and Nudge has been very involved um, in a lot of that work. And I think in the coming three to five years, we'll continue to be, um, you know, and we'll continue to support that team. I think the other place I would mention is um, around sort of choice architecture and our product and design space and thinking about where are there opportunities there. Um, we're still identifying those opportunities, but I would say that that's also kind of definitely on the roadmap um, for the next few years. I think uh, moving beyond the simpler format of messages to more complicated choice architecture is a major um, emphasis. But there's also so much untapped um, scale we could achieve. I sometimes will talk to a researcher and they say, wow, you did you know, 70 projects in two years. That's, that's a lot. 
and I think that's right relative to um, the pace of you know research projects. However, um, we're probably not even touching one percent of the opportunity space, even on simple messages within this company. Um, this, this company spends, I mean, sends thousands of messages a year to our members of different kinds and, and to our provider network. And any one of those messages that's asking um, uh, the recipient to take any kind of action or to change their behavior is a candidate for application of the nudge unit. So there's just a, a, a huge amount of potential for, for growth um, just to scale up um, the existing types of more simple uh, innovate, uh, interventions uh, we've been doing. Um, the other piece uh, that I think I'd like to get into in the, in the coming years is a reanalysis of um, the kinds of evaluations we've done looking for effect heterogeneity. And I'll explain what that means. So going back to that uh, FIT test we've talked about for a colorectal cancer screening, where we got a 3% bump in the screening rate from you know, changing a letter. Well, it's possible in theory that that 3% is actually the average of two different effects on two different subpopulations. So there might be a subpopulation where the the nudge unit version, you know, the nudge um, uh, version of the letter um, had no effect or actually even backfired. Um, and there's another subpopulation where it worked far better than that three percent average effect would have you believe. Maybe it worked, you know, uh, to a ten percentage point um, magnitude. And when you average that backfire with that ten percent, um, you get the three percent overall effect. Well. We could, you know, with, with um, some analysis to look for that kind of effect heterogeneity, be a lot smarter about that letter in the future. Michael, anything you'd like to add or build upon some of these comments, both you know, in terms of the, the big opportunities you see ahead, uh, both for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts, but maybe more broadly for healthcare organizations? I think we will um, we'll be really making progress when the kind of behavioral science perspective is built into how... Uh, health markets, as they are in the US, health markets, health systems are created, how they function. Because a lot of the time you see interventions that are there to ameliorate, to mitigate some of the problems that are actually inherent to the markets that were built in. People not able to navigate through insurance um, options, for example, because it doesn't make sense to them. Um, how could we design these options from the start to make them easier to understand, to make them more intuitive and better suit people's lives rather than trying to correct for those problems that may come about through the lack of um, understanding about how people make decisions. For me, preventing uh, problems in the first place through behavioral science could be the real goal rather than trying to fix them through behavioral science. Yeah, and I would just add, you know, going back to your question earlier about key elements for people who want to start in a genus. I think transparency, including around outcomes and backfire, you know, it's been one of the things that's been biggest for us in our in my slides, our board, in our monthly nudging meeting, I always show, um, you know, how many interventions have gone in the intended direction versus not. And people always ask me, like, why do you show that? You know, but I think Part of it is being honest and transparent and learning from both the successes and the failures. And so for us, that has been kind of a key tenet of our nudge unit. Um, and I think would be an important thing that I would um, encourage others who want to start nudge units to consider doing as well. I'd just like to maybe ask you kind of to summarize a bit about what you think has been so special about this working relationship and, and really what, they, what they've gotten right, <laughs> uh, what's been unique 
at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Massachusetts that, that others should emulate? I think there's been a an effective um, internal campaign, if you like, to um, explain what behavioral science is and how it can be relevant to the organization. And that has um, actually met with, uh, I suppose, fertile ground in terms of there has been latent interest and a desire in the organization as a whole to do things uh, better. Um, and then I think well-chosen uh, projects um, that that speak to organizational priorities um, and, you know, the ability to explain uh, what's going on, even if we don't get a, a positive result, even if we didn't make things better, people appreciate the fact that we are trying to understand how to do things better and feeding back the results um, for, for learning. I think like that combination of factors has been really powerful. And finally, Mark and Rebecca, I'd like to give each of you in turn an opportunity just to, to offer any final reflections or perhaps words of wisdom, <laughs> or, or perhaps there's something that we haven't addressed today that, that you think would be important for folks to hear about. I guess one thing I'd emphasize or re-emphasize is um, the importance of evaluation in a nudge unit like this. Um, that That's a, at least as much of an organizational transformation, um, especially the, the um, aspect of uh, randomized testing as the application of behavioral insights. And those two, um, I, I think, uh, really go hand in hand um, in our company. I think, you know, just continuing to evaluate and then, you know, when you have skeptics, you know, or people who, you know, do doubt behavioral science, I think, you know, having the the results and continuing to kind of plow forward and, and do the good work, um, I think is really important in a nudge unit. And I think, you know, um, I would encourage anyone who's interested to start one. Um, and uh, hopefully this has been a helpful conversation for folks in terms of providing them um, some elements to consider. Well, with that said, I'd like to conclude by by first and foremost thanking um, you, both Mark and Rebecca, for um, for your continued partnership with Behavioral Insights team and, and for taking the time today to share some lessons learned from your experience. And of course, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today, uh, including Michael Hallsworth for adding, adding his perspective and broader learning as well. Uh, for those of you who'd like to learn a little bit more about the um, the nudge unit at Blue Cross Blue Shield in Massachusetts and and some of what we discussed today, uh, we can point you towards a, a recent article in Health Affairs website. Um, so you can find out and read a little bit more about that from there. And I conclude just by thanking everyone again for joining us and I look forward to seeing you next time. Inside the Nudge Unit is a production of the Behavioral Insights team. Editing and sound design was by Andy Hetherington of Studio Gibbon and the producer was Rich O'Brien. Thanks so much for listening.